So it's been yet another month, and still no sign of episode 5 of the roundtable yet. And, uh, this isn't it. That said, I want to share a few things, so here's what's on my mind this time around. You know when James and I did our fireside chat last month, the one thing I joked about that we should do more often is a Toronto community calendar of anime-like events so that our local listeners here can be told about things that may be of some interest to them. And one such event came and went with the second nerd market put on by the University of Toronto's Tabletop Gaming Club. I was there, and while it wasn't at the same frantic pace of something like the anime North Nomonoichi, it might have also been its beauty too. Friends suggested I give it a shot, but keep my expectations modest. And honestly, in doing so, that's what made it such a good day. It was perfect for someone like me who was in the middle of a cold. And hopefully, I didn't pass it on. Okay, so let me make three Netflix exclusive recommendations for you this time around, which, to me, have a few common links of sorts throughout. One of those common links is that you can't really say any of them are anime. But chances are, if you're a diehard of any sort, you would have seen any or maybe all of what I'm about to mention. These were things that caught my attention. Shamarki a few weeks ago mentioned the Bleach live-action movie that came out recently, so I gave it a watch and actually enjoyed it. But full disclosure, this was my, my first exposure to anything related to Bleach. Aside from Ichigo, whose name I only now know, I'd be hard-pressed to recognize any characters from it. And I did know about Orihime's leak spin all those years ago, too. So in watching it, it got me thinking about the classic dilemma of adapting something like comic books into major motion pictures again, and how to satisfy both fans who are familiar with the previous works and possible new viewers. And the more specific dilemma of adapting a Japanese manga into a motion picture with an overseas appeal. My thinking is, for every ghost in the shell, you'll have something like Kenjin. We've had this conversation many times before, and I'm sure we'll have it again with another view in episode 5. The second recommendation I'll make is another recent release, the animated feature Flavors of Youth. Once again, something that really wasn't on my own radar, but obviously when you have a name like Comics Films involved, it would be on my radar sooner or later. And once again, I found it an enjoyable watch. It may not have been a masterpiece on the same level as 5 centimeters per second, much less your name, but it did have the sentimental feel and design that have become trademarks of anything done by Comics. Much like 5CM a decade ago, Flavors comprises of three stories, but really they have no link with each other whatsoever. 
Honestly, the first story looks like it could have been an episode of another Netflix exclusive we've mentioned here before, Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. The second story was more about the idea of fleeting self-worth and family. And the third story had to do with lost love over time. Yep, trademark comics. Although this last story gives a unique twist to that, adding a losing sight of what's important element to it. Actually, I w as I was watching this, I was thinking about Umiga Kekuru, Ocean Waves, the Studio Ghibli feature, and how that have similar some similarities with flavors. Both are features from famous studios that had no involvement from the most famous names associated with them. I get that Ocean Waves was never a masterpiece on the same level with Kiki's or Mononoke, or really, do we have to go down the list? But it's still one of my favorites. The thing is, if there's one major gripe that I have with flavors, it's that it was actually a Chinese-Japanese co-production between Comics and Howliner's Animation League, based in Shanghai. And it's set in Beijing, Guangzhou, and Shanghai. These are very much Chinese stories. And while I had no real issue listening to the Japanese track, this was something I would have wanted to listen to in Mandarin. So my real question is, why wasn't that included in the Netflix international release. Hey, I went through all of that without saying Shinkai or Miyazaki. Okay, let's stick with something Chinese with my last recommendation. The hit Chinese romantic drama, Us and Them, which Netflix picked up back in May and debuted about a month later. And I will warn you now, it's a story that'll make you think about your exes. It tells the story of Jian Jing and Zhao Zhao, a former couple who meet up by chance during a delayed flight during the Chinese New Year. And in the process, through both that encounter and flashbacks, we see how their relationship started, blossomed, and ultimately failed over a 10-year period amid the pressures of things like family, friends, and maybe notably for me, the booming economic and material pressures of a big city, which in this case was Beijing. And while the main story is about them, another side story presented is about the relationship between Jian Jing and his father, who, as you might expect, becomes fond of Zhao Zhao and ends up observing everything that happens. At its heart, it's one of those what went wrong type of stories that tell you about what happens when you're chasing your professional goals while losing sight of the things that are most important personally. Like I said, these recommendations have some common theme to them. And I'm wondering if that's a popular Chinese one these days. Once again, it was the type of watch that would probably make a person think about their own failed relationships and the tough life lessons that would have come out of them. Because, and I'm saying this with absolute sincerity, your best teacher 
is usually pain. Or as one reviewer liked to say, maturity is built on missteps. Chances are, you'll come away from watching this wishing you could have had the type of closure to relation, a relationship that this one depicted. Oh yeah, one thing I have to note is the use of color in this movie, and if you decide to watch it, you'll know quickly what I mean. I know it's kind of cliche, but it was a really good watch, especially if you're a sucker for romantic dramas. But I would say, have some tissues handy. By the way, the director's name is Rene Liu, who I read is a very popular singer and actress in Taiwan, and I'm really curious about her past work in those fields and her future work as a director. I'll tell you this, Makoto Shinkai certainly can make you develop a taste for other stories that reek of melancholy and sentimentality, and maybe can make hopeless romantic suckers out of many of us. Anyway, with that all said, I'll place links to at least the trailers of these movies on the Anime Roundtable blog. And that's what's on my mind this time around. Hopefully we'll be able to tape episode 5 very soon, so I'll see you then.